This is Talk of the Town. I'm Bob Cutmore on Magic 590, also available at 100.5 FM. Joining us is Kathy Sheehan, the mayor of Albany. We start off with a couple of constituent questions. Maribel writes, I received a parking ticket. It was completely deserved, but I misplaced it in a pile. Then I completely forgot about it. Can the city give a break to people who just forget to pay a ticket even when they have a history of uh, paying their tickets on time? I hope so. (laughs) Well, you know, tickets are not adjudicated by the mayor's office. They're adjudicated by the Parking Violations Bureau. And, uh, you know, if she wants to contest a ticket or if she wants to um, have a conversation with them, she can certainly go in um, and speak to them. But, uh, you know, if a ticket has been put on your car... uh, you got to pay it. I, I too, have received parking tickets. I receive them justly. Um, I've only received, I think, two in my uh, uh, time here in Albany. But um, even with that track record, when I get a parking ticket, I, I'm sure to pay it. you got to pay. Question number two. Mr. Haynes writes, some of the small trees that are planted along sidewalks by the city on city streets get scraggly and rather unsightly because of all the little limbs that grow out of the trunk. I know the city is busy pruning larger trees. Is this, I presume, uh, pruning the smaller trees, something that residents are permitted to do? Well, I think that this might surprise some people. It actually surprised me. I didn't realize that we do encourage residents to prune trees um, that have low branches. So we're really looking for, uh, but only branches that can, they can get to from the ground. So not climbing ladders or, or more extensive pruning. Um, and looking at those, um, those limbs that have a diameter of less than two inches. Um, if you do prune them, you can call 434 City and we will pick up the, uh, the, the prunings uh, that you've that you've created, um, you can leave them in bundles and have them picked up with the regular uh, leaf bags if you prefer that method as well. Some questions from the news. There was a question and answer story with you, uh, the reporter Brianna Snyder from the Albany Times Union, focusing on women in politics. I thought it was quite interesting, and I was I just want to ask you about a couple of your responses. Your response to the question of how being a woman influences you as a politician uh, prompted you to say, among other things, is that people expect a woman will somehow fix things. Could you expand on that? Well, I have had people tell me, you know, I, I vote. I I vote for women because women actually are going to go in there and get things done. Um, I think that, you know, again, these are all broad perceptions that people have. But, you know, that uh, women are expected to be less about their own ego and more about rolling up our sleeves and and getting things done. I'm not saying that I ascribe to that, um, that, you know, I've seen plenty of uh, of men who are elected to office who work very hard and get things done. But uh, that that is one of the experiences that I've had uh, as a as an elected mayor. And you're the first uh, woman elected uh, mayor of uh, Albany. And another uh, question in this story that was rather pointed was that Albany is struggling financially. And as mayor, uh, it was suggested that instead of breaking yet another glass ceiling, she said maybe you're poised on a glass cliff. 
Well, you know, I did take on a very difficult challenge and I knew what I was getting myself into. And so, you know, it is not easy. Uh, it is not necessarily going to be popular. Um, I have to make decisions in order to keep the budget balanced that aren't necessarily the decisions that I would want to make if we had uh, more resources available to us. And so I do find it challenging, and I think that women have stepped in. You look at the new prime minister in the United, in the U.K., in England, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. um, who stepped in in the midst of Brexit, um, you know, taking on these tough challenges. Um, and I think that, you know, for me, uh, again, I look forward to uh, a challenge, and I look forward to the – ability to work with people to try to do things in a new and different way. And uh, let's talk about some of the challenges you have as mayor. The sinkhole continues to be an issue. Uh, what's the latest on efforts to repair uh, that or or make that situation better? The sinkhole on Elberon Street near Washington Park. Well, the work is progressing. Again, I think you know people who've read the paper have seen that if all we wanted to do was repair the break that was there, we would have been out of there quite a while ago. But we really use this as an opportunity to improve the infrastructure so that we don't come back in another year or two years with a similar problem just, you know, 10 feet or 20 feet up or down that main. And so we are putting in um, a 700 uh, feet of liner into the sinkhole. That work is progressing. Um, the last of the liners went in this week. So we are expecting to continue with that repair work and hope to have everything done, uh, hopefully by uh, by Labor Day week. Another story or that... Uh came out about the sinkhole. It was uh, emphasizing the other municipalities that are affected in one way or another. Gilderland and Bethlehem, I guess, have faced water uh, restrictions from the city of Albany, and Albany's getting some water now from Colony. That's right. We've had great cooperation from the town of Colony. I really want to give a shout-out to Paula Mahan and her water team for the work that they've done to ensure that our Loudonville Reservoir reservoir remains at a level that supports the water pressure that we need in the city. Uh, I was on a uh, situation call. I'm on a situation call every morning, and uh, the uh, town of Gilderland is making do. They're, they're doing all right without our water and with the restrictions. Um, they don't see any significant problems going forward, but we hope to get them back online. As I said, we're shooting for that for Labor Day week. Are there still water use restrictions in Albany? There are still water use restrictions. No filling your pool, no watering your lawn. Uh, you know, if you have basket plants, you can water those. But we're really looking for people to uh, to be mindful when they use water. Another story this week, criminal history ban. The city of Albany is working on updates that would remove the question of whether a potential employee has been convicted of a crime from many employment applications. I believe the county of Albany already does this. Why is this a good idea? Well, you know, the checking the box can be a barrier to people. They have to, if they if they do have a prior conviction, not only do you have to check the box, uh, but you have to then provide a detailed explanation of that prior conviction. And for many jobs that we have, that shouldn't be the first thing that we're asking. Uh, there are restrictions in, in New York State as to when, when you can use a prior conviction to determine that you're not going to hire somebody. And so if the conviction is for something that's really not related to the job that they're going to be performing, it can't be part of the consideration. And so we are now looking at certain jobs and determining which jobs we can ban the box from, which jobs we'll continue to do background checks on. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, in those instances, we would ask be, be asking people to 
pre-disclose any criminal history, not as a barrier necessarily to filling that job, but so that as we do a background check, we're able to validate that. Uh, in uh, the news this week, uh, you were uh, seen with Congressman Paul Tonko as he uh, uh, spoke in favor of his proposed legislation on voting rights, apparently occasioned by a Supreme Court ruling on voting rights in America. Uh, what are his concerns, your concerns with the current situation? Well, the Supreme Court has spoken to Congress. The Supreme Court has said you need to update the Voting Rights Act in order for certain sections of it to be valid. And until it's updated, those sections aren't going to be enforced. And so what you end up with is areas where in, of the country where barriers are put in place to people voting. Um, it's very easy for someone like me to say, oh, how hard would it be to have a photo ID because I have a driver's license. Um, but for many people, that is a barrier to being able to vote. Um, you know, some of the restrictions and the, the uh, around when you can register to vote, um, up to what time you can register to vote. These are all barriers that are put in place, but it's very difficult to enforce against those unless Congress acts. They've had three years to do it. They need to amend the Voting Rights Act so that that Voting Rights Act can be enforced. The concern I gather from the other side is to prevent voter fraud. You know, this idea of voter fraud is uh, a bit uh, of a, I think, a, a, a red herring. Um, you know, the instances of people of voter fraud where people voted twice um, are can be counted. You know, on one hand, practically, this is not a significant issue that has ever been identified anywhere in this country. And so the issues around voter access is uh, about making voting more accessible. We have record low numbers of people turning out to vote every year, voter turnout really across the country. And I think a lot of that comes from cynicism, that my vote doesn't count. And a lot of it comes from the fact that we make voting so difficult in this country. Everybody should vote. Voting is how your voice is heard. Voting is how you get things done. And so we need to be finding ways to encourage that, not discourage it. You're listening to Magic 590, also available at 100.5 FM. City Hall continues on the road. You had a, a gathering uh, this week. How'd it go? It went great. We had a lot of people that turned out at Giffen Elementary School for City Hall on the road. Um, on Tuesday night, and it was great to see people there. It worked really well. People have the ab ability to meet with me one-on-one -on -one and meet one-on-one -on -one with department heads from every department in the city. They can learn about employment opportunities for the city. They can learn about getting a dog license. They can learn about uh, their property taxes, any questions that they might have that, you know, they don't want to drive down to City Hall and fight for a parking spot during working hours. Uh, we, we're bringing City Hall on the road. So we have another one that's coming up on Tuesday, September 13th at the Jewish Community Center, which is on Whitehall Road. And then on September 29th, we'll be at Pine Hills Elementary School. Madison Avenue was in the news uh, this week. Lines were painted on Madison Avenue to create new bike lanes and define traffic boundaries. That is, I understand it will reduce the number of lanes for cars from four to three, one each way in a center turning lane. Uh, is this a big change and you think it's going to work? Yeah, I mean, you know, we've talked about this. As you'll recall, there was a, a flurry of uh, activity around this, um, you know, back in the late winter, early spring, as we were trying to determine uh, which bike lane uh, we were going to choose. There were 
were proponents who wanted to, there to be dedicated bike lanes, and we talked about the trade-offs with loss of parking with respect to that. And so we arrived at this design, and this is really a traffic calming opportunity. This We have been studying this for four years. This Actually, the study of this started under the Jennings administration um, and brought in a traffic engineering firm to really look at what we can do on Madison Avenue, which is, a, you know, has residential and commercial all in that same thoroughfare to slow traffic down and to make it more pedestrian friendly. So we're really excited about this. This is the first three blocks of this project. Next year, we hope to complete at least one, if not the two final phases, uh, to bring this treatment of the street all the way to Lark so that we would have bike lanes and uh, traffic calming all the way from uh, where you, you know, the Western and, and Madison merge, uh, all the way east to Lark Street. Now, does traffic calming mean that the cars should be going slower? It does. It means that they should be going the speed limit. It means that they have uh, the, again, it's, it's about ensuring that our streets are safe for all users, both pedestrians, cyclists, uh, people who need to cross the street who may have special needs or handicaps, as well as drivers. And so this was studied, you know, and looked at from the standpoint of what does it do to commuter times, but as well as what does it do for the safety of the street. And so we're really excited about this. This is bringing bike lanes uh, that were envisioned in the city's bike master plan. Um, and it also uh, helps to, again, just calm traffic. Uh, you know, Madison Avenue is not a speedway. And so visually, this will help to remind drivers the speed limit in the city of Albany is 30 miles an hour. Mm. But often uh, ignored. Often ignored. Yeah. Uh, there are a couple of uh, Times Union editorials this week. I just want to get your response. One about closing Prentice Homes. Uh, an editorial supported the idea of closing the Prentice Homes housing complex in the South End. I believe uh, your counterpart in Albany County had brought that up uh, sometime in the past. Uh, closing the housing complex because of the oil train and truck traffic that's led to health concerns. And so uh, are the problems at that area too big to fix and we just give up? Well, I think it's too soon for us to be saying that it's too big to fix, but I certainly share the uh, concern and a sense of urgency around determining what we need to be doing at Ezra. Um, about five or six years ago, uh, Ezra Prentice w underwent a major renovation, about $20 million, and at that time an environmental study was done uh, and the work went through. But I think it's really important now that we are taking a harder look at health outcomes at Ezra and at the truck traffic at, at, at Ezra as to uh, what is the air quality that is there. And so the DEC has committed half a million dollars to doing air monitoring right on site at Ezra. Um, there is a health study that is going on right now, and Albany County is partnering with the group that is doing this health study to ensure that we're getting data that we can actually act upon um, so that we can determine what the environmental factors are that may be contributing to those health outcomes. And I am ready and, and have already begun the process of advocating 
for reducing truck traffic along Route 32 there. And I have uh, already spoken with the port about it, uh, the Port of Albany about it. And DEC has initiated a conversation with New York State DOT around truck traffic there. You know, the the challenge with uh, relocating people is, first of all, we don't have uh, that many units of housing that are open and available. So new housing would have to be constructed. Um, as you know, the city of Albany has uh, limited land that is, you know, we're a landlocked city. Um, and so we have limited developable property for that. And the other thing is that the quality of life in general, with with the exception of these environmental issues, as reported by Ezra um, residents, is is good. It's it's a place that is quiet. It is a place that um, people, uh, you know, have who live there have told me is crime free, um, that they enjoy living in. Mm -hmm. Um, So we really have to look at and balance, you know, had this development, had this been empty property, um, would we build residences right next to the port? Probably not. Um, but these were built back in the 1960s when, unfortunately, you know, I think decisions around where public housing was placed was not didn't really take into it account um, environmental impacts or other impacts. And so we are moving as quickly as we can. Uh, I know that this uh, air monitoring is going to be very, very important. And then we need to determine what we're going to do, because if we decide to move everybody, um, you know, that will be a tens of millions of dollars proposition. There was a Times Union editorial about state aid for the city of Albany. The newspaper editorializing in favor of more state aid for the city of Albany. Do you think that'll help you get more state aid? (laughs) Well, the the more voices, the better. But we are in the process of reviewing our, again, as we talked about, I think, last week, uh, opening the city's books to uh, a consultant that's been hired by the state to determine what the issues are for the city. Um, You know, I can talk on and on about the numbers, but I don't want to bore our list, your listeners. Um, but suffice it to say, the city of Albany receives significantly less aid than other similarly situated cities. If we received the same aid per capita, we would not be in the financial situation that we are in. The State Environmental Conservation Commissioner, uh, Basil Segos, uh, says the Federal Environmental Protection Agency needs to do more to ensure that PCBs have been thoroughly removed from the Hudson River. He spoke in Albany, um, which is not where this happened, but he suggests that General Electric, which last year completed a six-year uh, dredging project for PCBs that it, the company had dumped into the uh, Hudson River upstream, uh, he thinks that GE should be compelled to return and perform more cleanup work. Do you see this as a city of Albany issue? Well, you know, and the health of the Hudson River impacts all of the communities along the river. And so, you know, from the standpoint of the health of uh, of the Hudson, all of us stand to benefit if we can be assured that the river is cleaned, that the uh, contaminants have been removed. Um, we do have people who fish uh, along the Hudson River here in Albany. And, you know, those fish have many of them have been further upstream. And so in order to, uh, you know, someday hopefully lift the ban on the amount of Hudson River fish that people are supposed to eat because of the PCBs, we certainly have a, a vested interest in the river being clean. And just one final uh, shout out. Uh, the newspaper did an interview with Mark Yonnelly of the Veteran Lodges store on North Pearl Street. Little trivia question. Why does Lodges close at 525 p.m.?
Well, I know that they close at 525 p.m. so that their uh, employees can catch that 530 CDTA bus. Okay. Uh, and, you know, it is something that I've uh, spoken with the Yonalees about. They are a great uh, institution in Albany and do so much for our residents. You've been listening to Talk of the Town with Albany Mayor Kathy Sheehan.